Let go of everyday worries and find your calm with positive prayer from Silent Unity, the newest in voice-activated technology, available on any Alexa-enabled device like the Amazon Echo. Each prayer and meditation on positive prayer will help strengthen, guide, and comfort you. To enable it, just say, Alexa, open positive prayer. You can ask for a specific prayer on topics like healing, prosperity, and comfort. Give it a try today. You're listening to Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Thank you for tuning in for this Unity Partner Program. Unity Online Radio partners with spiritual leaders from organizations whose mission and messages complement Unity's. We are pleased to bring you this program on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Welcome to the Yoga Hour, living the eternal way, offering insights and practices for spiritually conscious living today with Reverend Ellen Grace O'Brien from the Center for Spiritual Enlightenment in San Jose, California. To ask questions or join the discussion, email us at yogahour at unity.fm. Now, here's your host, Reverend Ellen Grace O'Brien. Welcome to the Yoga Hour, our time to open our hearts and our minds to the infinite. I'm Ellen Grace O'Brien, and I'll be sharing with you today some insights and practices from the spiritual tradition of yoga, the ancient science of self and God realization. Yoga is a familiar Sanskrit word today. Many understand its meaning, but many do not understand its deep philosophy of oneness, bringing our attention. attention and our awareness consciously to rest in our essential spiritual nature, meaning to be self-realized, restored to our original wholeness. And this self-realization, of course, is not just knowing uh, what we are spiritually, but learning to live in harmony with that true nature. Today's topic um, continues in the a series of programs we've been offering on yoga and ecology. So today is Yoga, Ecology, and the Divine Feminine. And we're going to take a look at how the eternal powers of spirit and nature, Purush and Prakriti, are both within us and what that means and how a great fulfillment awaits our realization of our innate potentials. And joining us today is an honored guest, Pandit Rajmani Tagunayat, and he is the spiritual head of the Himalayan Institute. Uh, Pandit Tagunayat is the spiritual successor of Swami Rama of the Himalayas, lecturing and teaching worldwide for more than a quarter of a century. Um, Panditji is the author of 14 books, including his autobiography, Touched by Fire, The Ongoing Journey of a Spiritual Seeker, which and the best-selling book, At the Eleventh Hour, The Biography of Swami Rama of the Himalayas. And he is also a regular contributor to Yoga International magazine. Pandit 
Chugunayat holds two doctorates, one in Sanskrit from the University of Allahabad in India and another in Oriental Studies from the University of Pennsylvania. Family tradition gave him access to a vast range of spiritual wisdom preserved in both the written and oral traditions. <clears throat> Before meeting his master, Panditji studied Sanskrit, the language of the ancient scriptures of India, as well as the languages of the Buddhist, Jaina, and Zoroastrian traditions. In 1976, Swami Rama ordained Pandit to into the 5,000-year-old lineage of the Himalayan masters. And to find out more um, about him and about their work at the Himalayan Institute, you can visit their website, which is himalayaninstitute.org. Welcome, Pandit, to Ganayat. Thank you so much for joining us today on the Yoga Hour. Thank you, Reverend Ellen. This is my great pleasure to be with you here uh, at this uh, you know, Yoga Hour. And um, so, so how are you today? I am very good. Thank you so much. And again, I really appreciate you being here. And before we begin our conversation on the topic, let us take a moment just for a centering meditation. Let us open our hearts and our minds to divine omnipresence, acknowledging one reality called by many names that is the support and the substance of all that is. So right where we are, wherever we are right now, this divine reality is present. It is present as you, as me, as everyone, as everything. It is within us, around us, between us. So in this moment, simply let us move our attention from the periphery of our awareness into the depths. In a sense, just let your mind sink into your heart. You can use your breath to help you do this as you breathe in. Just feel that you're diving into the infinite allness of your being. As you breathe out, feel that you're letting go of any mundane concerns. Simply being present here and now. As we do this, we can notice thoughts and feelings arising and passing away. And aware of a deep peace within us. This peace that is the peace of our spiritual nature. And let us now, as we have touched that peace just for a moment, inwardly agree to abide in that peace and let it overflow as blessing for all beings everywhere. Peace. Let us begin our conversation about spirit and nature, two eternal powers and 
I'm, I'm so delighted to have Panditji joining us today. I was very inspired by uh, an article that is in the uh, recent, well, the spring issue of Yoga International uh, magazine, a commentary on um, Patanjali's Yoga Sutra uh, that is referring to these powers of uh, Purush and Prakriti. And uh, Panditji, your commentary was very inspiring to me. So it uh, inspired me to reach out and ask you to um, talk more about that. We find the teachings of yoga offer us the model of Purusha and Prakriti, or consciousness and matter, or the primordial cause of creation, two eternal principles that make possible, of course, not only our experience of the world of life, but our spiritual liberation or enlightenment as well. So tell us how we can best understand what uh, yoga calls Purush and Prakriti. Um, you know, Reverend, this is so simple and at uh, human beings have made uh, this uh, uh, so real, so simple uh, concept so complex, you know. Uh, see, anything in life you see, it is a clearly you can uh, experience and you clearly you can see that uh, consciousness and matter are completely intermingled in each other. When we look at our body, and, uh, and you can clearly see you touch a particular portion of your body, you can uh, see there is consciousness in it, you know. And uh, when there is something at the time of our death or when, uh, you know, our, when we stop breathing, then we can clearly see that body has turned into just a lump of matter, you know, gross matter. And therefore, the, the consciousness and matter are uh, uh, just literally two sides of the same coin. And in yoga, this consciousness is called purusha, and the material aspect of ourselves is called prakriti. And But a tendency has been that purusha, the consciousness, is totally separate from matter. And uh, for ages, people have been brainwashed that... Um, we are just pure consciousness. We have nothing to do with this matter. And yet, when we are hungry, we don't, go, uh, we don't start uh, eating or chewing our Bible or the uh, Upanishads or the Vedas or revealed scriptures. We actually um, uh, go for uh, food. So <laughs> there is need for food which corresponds to our body. And the hunger that, is, that corresponds to the body is very real. So there is a reality very uh, solid reality, reality of our matter, material aspect of our existence. And mm-hmm. yet, there is another aspect of ourselves which is purely spiritual and transcendental. And that is why when we have all the objects of our desire, our, you know, we have good career, we completed our education, we got jobs, we are married, we have wonderful wife, wonderful husband, children beautiful house, car, etc. We have, you know, a good amount of money in the bank. And yet, we feel that there is something still missing, you know. And we know it, we feel it. Our gut feeling tells us that life is more than just all these material objects. Life is more than what we can consume, you know. And therefore, there is a clear understanding that there is a higher reality. And that reality is somehow uh, intangible and it is very real and all of us are longing you know to find a, uh, that reality experience that reality live with that reality and also our gut feeling tells us that what are we trying to preserve is actually 
that reality, not the body, not the money. We are continuously investing one form of matter, one form of energy uh, to achieve the next level, next form of matter, next form of energy, be it our worldly career, money, or anything. So why are we doing it? Because we are continuously trying to find the deeper fulfillment, no? deeper satisfaction, which um, at some level we know that it is that is not confined only to our material part of our existence. So the this consciousness and the matter together constitute our very existence. You know, mm-hmm. and therefore um, uh, this whole idea that the, that the uh, freedom or true fulfillment, or true satisfaction can be found only while you know uh, only if we renounce the world or only when we ignore our body. And the truth is, uh, Reverend, that how can we really live without body? How can mm-hmm. we really experience what we are experiencing without body? And the, another truth is, if body were not so important. If the world was not so important, if the worldly objects and worldly experiences were not so important, why would nature, why would God, why would uh, providence uh, really uh, put us in this situation uh, where we are born and uh, we are you know, given a body, we are given uh, a set of senses, we are given a uh, you know, very unique way of experiencing pleasure, pain, right, wrong, good, bad. And so there must be some reason that once we start pondering on that fact, then we can clearly see that there is consciousness, there is matter, both of them are there together, fully intermingled, and that which seems to be matter, whether it's our body, our senses, our mind, our worldly objects, worldly achievements, all of them have only one goal, that is to serve the very, very fundamental purpose and goal and objective of our consciousness. And this is what in yoga is called Purusha and Prakriti. Thank you so much, Panditji, and I I was so um, taken by the emphasis in your article that you've just shared with us, um, that you you wrote in that article I'm referring to, as part of our spiritual quest, we're supposed to seek and find Purush, and this quest begins with isolating and condemning Prakriti. By and large, (laughs) this is the spirituality India has been pursuing for the past thousand years. Yoga does not condone this view, so I, I found that to be really a, a breath of fresh air and I think it's so helpful for students of yoga to know that we have certain ways of talking about this, you know, to help us yeah. understand what these principles are but it has led, you know, as you say, you know, to to even condemning um, matter which is just um, ridiculous or calling it unreal um, even. Um, so, yeah. But, you know, one teaching we wanted to touch on before we go to the break is that this conjunction of spirit and matter or Purusha and Prakriti is what makes experience possible. Of course, our experience of life, of the world, and also gives us then the vehicle um, to awaken and uh, yeah. to, to have right knowledge. But the teachings of yoga tell us that, uh, you know, one can move in one direction, you know, towards bondage and ignorance, or one can move in the direction of liberation, you know, out of this conjunction of these um, powers that come together. So, you know, what would you say determines, you know, whether um, being in this world, um, as Purush and Prakriti come together, what leads to bondage and what leads to liberation? 
uh, Alan, it is uh, again, uh, it's our attitude toward uh, ourselves and uh, and what we stand for and what we are made of um, makes us either we move toward bondage or toward freedom. So, for example. Uh, lack of our respect for ourselves, lack of respect and love for our body. And we know that we cannot live without body. We know that how painful it is when we are sick. We know that uh, uh, how uh, uh, miserable we become when we uh, are uh, uh, inflicted with anger and hatred and jealousy and greed and attachment, possessiveness, etc. And yet, um, uh, uh, we are not able to really uh, uh, understand that all this corresponds to our body, our mind, our senses. And um, uh, if we begin to uh, cultivate a respectful attitude toward our, uh, our world, toward our body, toward our mind, then automatically a great deal of freedom is right there because the natural tendency tells us that we do not want to get sick. And yet, when we are not sick, we don't care whether or not we will ever get sick or will remain healthy, you know. And similarly, let's say there is a natural attraction. A man is attracted to a woman, a woman is attracted to a man. There is a natural attraction toward our children, you know. Uh, we, re we give so much to our children. We get tired and exhausted. And yet, there is a very wonderful sense of deep satisfaction, fulfillment, just to, by upon recognizing that we are blessed with uh, uh, a child, you know. And it is great pleasure to give everything to our children and therefore this natural tendency is there and what what happens is the many of the religions in the world whether it's hinduism christianity and uh, you know uh, buddhism people just go on uh, honing pounding on the same very thing oh life in the world is miserable and body is made of all the filthy stuff and then this kind of attitude is even uh, magnified you know toward uh, uh, you know uh, women kind that women kind are source of our uh, their source of our bondage and uh, the the fulfillment lies by running away, you know, from this world. So people have been just unnecessarily living with this self-destructive philosophy of life, you know, mm -hmm. and that has affected our worldview, and that has really affected our interaction with the, with the world in which we live. And therefore, I call it, on the behalf of yoga, in fact, I call it that our misery is just self-created. Just let you follow the simple instincts of your own body and mind. Just recognize the innate wisdom of your mind, body and wonderful immense power of your mind and see that everything is here in this world. We do not really need to live a miserable life. And all it requires is just change your attitude. Let Purusha and Prakriti, let matter and consciousness be fully respected. You, know? mm. you respect consciousness and matter and mm. embrace both and Ask deep in your heart, ask, please guide me toward true fulfillment, true freedom. You know, mm. and it's here, it's there. <laughs> it's there. Yeah, that is so beautiful. And that to really understand that this awakening is not through rejection of life, of our experience, <laughs> but coming really sort of to make a bigger space for it all to be in and to be conscious of it. You're listening to the Yoga Hour with guest Pandit uh, Rajmani Tagunayat. And when we come back from the break, we're going to explore more about how to reclaim the divine feminine. We'll be right back with you. 
It takes you to power Unity Online Radio. If you'd like to make a positive difference in the world, you can by contributing to this global ministry. Unity Online Radio relies on listener support to broadcast the messages of unity to an awakening world. To contribute, visit www.unity.fm and click on Donate Now. wellness expert, Dr. Michelle Robin on healthy living. In the game of wellness, there's some basic habits that you need to embrace in order to live a well life. In her book, Wellness on a Shoestring, Robin shows you that complete wellness of body, mind, and spirit doesn't have to cost a fortune. Client Eddie Penrice turned his health around with Dr. Robin's Seven Habits for a Healthy Life. I've got to say my body just embraced the change. Besides feeling better, looking better, thinking more clearly. Many of Robin's seven habits for a healthy life are simple and free. She offers tips and shares real stories from clients like Eddie, who've incorporated the habits into their lives and seen the results. You can make this change by being convicted that you will do it. That you don't need anyone else's assistance or help to do it. Make this the year you get healthy. Discover a low-cost, attainable path to feeling better than ever. Order wellness on a shoestring today at www.shopunity.org. Unity Online Radio is turning five this year, and we're throwing the biggest bash of all, a cruise to the Caribbean. November 10 through 17, 2012, we'll celebrate in style aboard Holland America Line's Eurodam with sunshine, fine dining, and a selection of island excursions at beautiful ports of call in the Eastern Caribbean. Plus, feed your spirit with music, message, and meditation. Your favorite hosts will be there, and we hope you will join us too as we celebrate five years of spiritual programming at Unity Online Radio. For more information, visit www.unity.fm forward slash cruise. You're listening to the Yoga Hour, Living the Eternal Way with Reverend Ellen Grace O'Brien. We now return to the Yoga Hour. Welcome back to the Yoga Hour. I'm Ellen Grace O'Brien, and I'm joined today by Pandit Rajmani Tugunayat, the spiritual head of Himalayan Institute. And in this segment, we're going to continue our conversation about Purusha and Prakriti, but with a um, particular look at how we can reclaim the divine feminine. In many spiritual and religious traditions, the rejection of nature... Uh, which is usually seen as feminine, has supported both the oppression of women and the degradation of the environment. The distinction between spirit and nature that signifies, you know, uh, spirit as higher uh, and also then connects spirit with the masculine and nature as lower connected with the feminine sets up this hierarchy. And then, of course, that affects our thinking about male and female in general and in society. Um, so it seems to me that especially today, you know, yoga is posed 
um, to bring forth a, a fresh look at this that can help us in our uh, relationships and in our consciousness uh, of the environment as sacred. So instead of um, following suit of, of these errors that have been made and rejecting the feminine as the cause of all the misery in the world, <laughs> yoga seems to me to give us this opportunity to see the feminine as equally divine. And that would be um, so important to healing in our world today. So, Pandaji, what do you see that we can find in the teachings of yoga that support us in understanding the feminine um, as divine and as sacred? You know, Ellen, if we can just look at ourselves and see that where does the fulfillment lie? Uh, is it in the logical aspect of our things and experiences or is it something of emotional you know, aspect of our uh, uh, experiences? So in, if you look at you know, uh, our, this uh, so-called masculine power, which is symbolized by you know, this, our logic and, uh, you know, and uh, fact-finding, and uh, you know, that's where you know, we become kind of, uh, the, we rationalize and intellectualize uh, the, uh, our experiences. The result is that at the end of the day, you know, we still find ourselves quite uh, lonely and uh, unfulfilled. But when we look at that exactly where is this sense of satisfaction, sense of fulfillment coming, is it because we are weighing and evaluating every single thought, speech, and action as a cause and trying to relate its, you know, um, its existence or its relationship into the effect? The truth is, the logic is not that which gives us the experience of fulfillment or joy or satisfaction. It's the how uh, our thought, speech, and action make an emotional impact on us. That determines whether we are happy or we are not happy. And that emotional aspect of us, which is tender, which is soft, which is gentle, which is loving, which is very, very generous, which does not really seek a logical uh, interpretation uh, from outside world that is feminine in us. Even the most macho men have a great deal of feminine in themselves. If it's not there, then their life is dry. And every day, no matter how powerful and how successful materially speaking they are, you can clearly see that uh, life falls apart. In their case, you can clearly see that things are falling apart. There is a clear indication that there is a, there is a gentle, loving, kind, giving, generous, feminine in us. And that is the motherly aspect of the divinity. You know? And whereas the other aspect of divinity, which uh, uh, by its definition, it's not divinity, but it's a uh, logical outcome of our belief system, you know, and logical outcome of uh, our action and speech, which simply puts together all the facts of life and tries to seek sense of fulfillment in vain, you know, in there. So there is feminine in, in, uh, in us, but our modern uh, society, which has become so outward oriented, does not really um, uh, pay attention to this very f- basic facts of life. You know? When we are growing up as a children, it's not that um, here is um, $1 is more than $2 and $10 is more, more, more than $5. It's uh, just wonderful, simple 
kiss that mother you know uh, the you know uh, gives you know or the way mom picks up a little baby that is priceless that has that cannot be you know you can't put a price tag on the love uh, that we receive from our mom and dad and our loved ones that is called the feminine aspect of ourselves feminine aspect of the div- uh, the divinity as we grow up we become too caught with this uh, a whole system of value system that has been defined by others and imposed on us no and that is when we become so miserly like a little merchant trader who gives you know who invests you know let's say 10000 dollar and is counting pennies and tries to you know get 12000 dollar out of it you know and that is where the uh, you know the masculine and feminine divide keeps getting wider and wider you know so uh here as your question is that how do we you know um uh, uh, find and recognize you know that uh, feminine which is sacred well again i'll say it's matter of changing our attitude changing our world view creating a uh, philosophy of life and embracing it where we begin to value uh, non material aspect of ourselves where the basic virtues of life of loving giving sharing that becomes uh, more dominant and and we once we stop putting a price tag on that automatically things begin to t- uh, uh, take a better shape so mm-hmm. in our modern world for example uh, see how our family structure is falling apart see how the uh, our political structure is falling apart see how cranky and how short tempered we have become because that feminine which has ability that which gives which which empowers a mother to carry a baby in her womb for 9 months that is unconditional love which does not seek any reward it mm-hmm. is the same very force that empowers mother to you know share the uh, you know the, to share her own calcium <clears throat> while you know extracting it from her own own bone and gives all that nourishment to the mother she never mm-hmm. you know, looks back and she never thinks am i doing the right thing what what am i going to get out of this boy when he grows up <laughs> 16 20 years later you know <laughs> In, this thought exactly. never comes you know oh, and exactly. uh, uh, so this way that's what is going on all the time in our life all we have to do is just become little perceptive we be, we have to become little sensitive and see that what is happening in the world all the time and how natural it is so there is somebody uh, the sun is giving so much love and therefore the sun the light of the sun is in feminine gender you know uh, in sanskrit language in yogic literature the sun itself which is like a big very bright powerful and you know his um, the sun uh, itself is in masculine gender but the light that constantly emitting from the sun and reaching us and transforming itself into so many different forms of energy that energy is that shakti is feminine you know uh-huh. similarly there is so much is happening in your uh, in our life all we have to just recognize what is happening and how unconditional it is how and therefore how this unconditional flow of our own shakti our own energy is uh, so fulfilling like even 
do we get you know this very that's what you know the many of the uh, yogic master yoga masters they really paid attention to that that when do you get the is it that um, you you get a sense of fulfillment when some, someone else kisses you or when you uh, kiss your loved ones or it is uh, somewhat mutual and are you trying to evaluate who gives more kiss to who you know it's nothing is there that total unconditional you know giving sharing loving mm-hmm. that is called feminine you know mm-hmm. and once we adopt that oh my god so many of our problems melt away instantly you know mm. so i yeah. really appreciate this thank you pandaji to really take that first step to understand the feminine as sacred we need to begin to um just right where we are you know to identify these um feminine and masculine qualities within us and both of course are uh, essential you know when you were sharing i was remembering a story that I had heard about the poet Saint Mirabai, and there is a, a legend told about her that that she, that she um, went to uh, a gathering of um, male scholars as she came in. She wanted to enter this conversation where they were talking, you know, about spiritual huh. teachings, and they uh, these uh, male scholars said to her that she was not allowed uh, to come in because she was a woman. And yeah. uh, she said to them, um, aren't we all feminine before God? Yeah. And so then the story says, well, then they let her in because they realized, <laughs> you know, they were wrong. And, um, mm-hmm. and of course, what she was referring to is, as just as you've been saying, you know, this is all within us. Uh, the femi- Our feminine nature is that which is wholly receptive. Um, yeah. you know, to the, the divine uh, influence. And um, I, I love that story because it, it helps to put it all in um, perspective. How do you see yeah. uh, uh, yoga today, uh, and especially yoga teachers, you know, and what we're bringing forth now to be able to um, help us understand more about the divine feminine, uh, seeing both masculine and feminine as essential and important? How do you see yoga teachers, um, given that we're working with traditional philosophy and the way it has been uh, interpreted through time, how, how do you see us now taking this step, is really an evolutionary step, to begin to have a, a deeper understanding of um, the feminine? You see, Reverend, if uh, 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 today uh, the, this popular yoga which uh, refers to asanas, the postures, etc., and set up uh, exercises, if uh, that particular of yoga, that particular form of yoga, includes the you know the feminine aspect in the form of uh, paying attention to the forces of nourishment forces of healing forces of nurturance and it's just introduce the idea while teaching the asana just introduce the idea once in a while here and there that there is a force of nourishment inside us and outside us let us become aware of it let us become respectful of it you know then then it means you have started introducing that the 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 sacred feminine you know uh, uh, into your yoga classes so and this is if we and it is very easy to remind that why have we become so insensitive to let's say our environment because we feed because we never see anything outside us to be more than just an object of consumption you know mm-hmm. so everything 
we feel that you know, uh, it is to be just exploited and consumed and just uh, after consumption is over, you know, then just toss it. The result is that there is a, such a destruction of our environment, our climate, our water sources, our mountains, our rivers, our forests, and who is actually being impacted. So if we start paying attention to the sources of nourishment and we just start infusing the minds and hearts of our friends and students and uh, uh, yoga participants, that itself is very, very good beginning point of uh, bringing back the feminine principle into our yoga classes. Mm, Absolutely. And, you know, I was just reading the other day about um, one of the practices in um, mystical uh, Judaism where they, 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 in this particular emphasis, they they do not waste or discard anything <laughs> um, because yeah. they see it as sacred. And um, you know, just as you have mentioned, you know, if we could uh, uh, bring our attention to not seeing matter as an object, but but seeing it as having this this living um, energy and and being sacred, um, we, we could begin to have a different relationship. Um, w- with our bodies, with each other, you know, with the um, environment. And, I mean, to think about, um, n- you know, not just throwing things away, <laughs> using them and throwing them away, um, as, if, as if there was some place um, to throw something away. You know, I mean, that has always uh, been puzzling to me. You know, how uh, you see somebody driving along in their car and throw something outside of the car, right? <laughs> As yeah, if, yeah, as, yeah, as yeah. if there's some separate place that you're throwing it, you know. But yeah, of course, yeah. it, you know, I think if we think of the whole world as our living room, you know, we would never throw anything outside of our car. <laughs> so. yeah, yeah, that's what you. And other thing, uh, Reverend, you can clearly see the relationship between uh, poverty and uh, lack of respect for the beauty that is there in everything and in everyone. You know. And uh, and the beauty is uh, the an integral part of the 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 sacred you know feminine you know and as you can see when you are traveling let's say that China or the places it's a wonderful city a wonderful town everything but Chinese are walking and they just spit it anywhere you go to India and it's beautiful big gigantic building but on the stairs in the corner everywhere you know this uh, mark of uh, you know tobacco they call it pawn you know the beetle uh, uh, leaves and beetle mm. nut so and same thing you you can clearly see the people don't have respect for the place where they live. People don't have respect for the sources of nourishment on, uh, on which they are so dependent, you know, because mm-hmm. they see those things outside themselves. They see those things as an object of consumption, and they see those things totally separate from themselves as though if, who, um, as though if once they are away from those objects, those objects are not really going to make any difference to them, you know. The truth mm-hmm. is, you can never go away from those objects. You cannot go away from the wind. You cannot go away from the water. You cannot go away from the clouds, you know. And uh, and if you do not see that, if you do not um, uh, 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 understand the divine nature of those objects and the beauty that is contained in them and the power of healing and nurturance that is in them, then definitely you will remain insensitive. And it is, again, in proportion to the insensitivity, in proportion to the uh, disrespect for those very forces, 
you are also you are bound to be deprived of uh, the, the uh, deprived you are bound to be deprived of the nourishment you know nurturance mm-hmm. and the result is that today we just go on eating drinking all kinds of things and but still you can see how under um, uh, nourished we are you know mm-hmm. and because the real at deeper level of nourishment we are denying we are rejecting that deeper level of nourishment which comes from the recognition of our interconnected nature of you no know, matter and consciousness you know? Oh, then, yeah, so beautiful. And to to live consciously uh, w- within this world of matter and to see it as sacred uh, really changes the way that we interact with each other and with our world. I'm Ellen Grace O'Brien, and you're listening to the Yoga Hour with special guest Pandit Rajmani Tagunayat. And I want to refer you to his website, TimalayanInstitute.org, to find out more about him, his, his books, and uh, the work on the programs there at Himalayan Institute. Also, want to encourage you, if you don't uh, yet subscribe to Yoga International Magazine, it really is uh, the best yoga magazine available. So I want to encourage you um, to pick one up and uh, subscribe to that. We welcome your comments and questions. You can contact us at Yoga Hour at Unity um, online. And uh, coming up in our last segment is our innate potential. We'll be right back with you. Affirm the good that flows within you and stretch to reach your divine potential with daily inspirational messages from Daily Word. In the Garden of Gethsemane, Jesus took time for prayer, contemplation, and conversation with God. This example of Jesus struggling to accept the path before him has inspired humanity through the ages, just as Jesus prepared himself for his final ordeal and ultimate triumph. I prepare myself for challenges with prayer. I affirm the aspects of my personal and spiritual nature that I want to express more fully. At the same time, I am fearless in examining the ways I do not yet apply those qualities in daily life. By staying prayed up, I make wise choices in all that I think, say, and do. Every challenge becomes an opportunity for new growth and transformation, and every blessing becomes a lesson in the power of prayer. Daily Word magazine is now available in a digital format. A one-year subscription to Daily Word Digital Magazine with audio is only $9.95. That's less than three cents a day to start your day right, centered and connected to the truth within you. To learn how you can subscribe to this online interactive magazine, go to www.dailyword.com. What is the key to happiness? Would you like to find the fountain of youth? How about all the money and love that you could handle? Well, my friends, it is there for you. You just need to strip off the false beliefs that keep your divine inheritance from being attracted into your life. You need to be real. Be vulnerable. Be naked. What are you waiting for? Let's get naked. This transformational program with Reverend Heidi Alfrey is an invitation to explore and remove the blocks that keep you from emotional freedom. 
Listen to Heidi and her revealing guests as they embrace the power of spiritual nakedness as a guaranteed way to live an authentic and transparent life. Expose yourself to your greatness on Mondays at 3 p.m. Central Time. Let's get naked. No dress code required. Only on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. You gotta get rid of your butt. It's bigger than it would appear. It hinders your forward movement when you keep bringing up the rear. You're listening to the Yoga Hour, Living the Eternal Way with Reverend Ellen Grace O'Brien. If you have a question, please submit it via email at yogahour at unity.fm and we will respond. Now, back to the Yoga Hour. Welcome back to the Yoga Hour. I'm Ellen Grace O'Brien and my guest today is Pandit Rajmani Tagunayat. In this segment, we'll be looking at our innate potential. You know, without this alignment, we've been talking about the conjunction of spirit and matter or the alignment of Purush and Prakriti as it is described in the traditions of Samkhya and Yoga. But without that alignment, we wouldn't be able to express, um, to know, to realize our innate potential. So consciousness alone um, is unmoving and unchanging and therefore not even aware of itself. And so there's nothing to see or experience or, or witness if you if you look at it in that absolute sense. And then, of course, nature isolated without consciousness can't know or experience anything either. But when these two eternal principles are consciously joined, um, their powers become available. Um, Pandachi, you have written, the attainment of one's essential nature means discovering the limitless potentials that have been lying dormant in the unified field of Prakriti and Purusha, which is what we are. This attainment also involves awakening these inherent potentials and reinvesting them to see and experience ourselves at a richer level. This union of the Shaktis of Prakriti and Purusha is the source of an unprecedented level of fulfillment and freedom. So, so how does this fulfillment become available to us? You know, what is required of us to actualize these innate uh, shaktis or powers of uh, Purush and Prakriti? I'll say first it's important to really uh, pay attention to the body, breath and mind and bring these three different aspects of ourselves to a state of balance and harmony. Quite often uh, we are just running, running, running. Mind is always running from one object to another object, you know. And quite often uh, we perform our actions and uh, interact with each other, not with a very clear, calm and tranquil mind, you know. And this outward-oriented tendency of our mind uh, uh, has taken away our freedom to be with ourselves. As a result, we have become alien to ourselves, you know. First, we have, be- we have to become resident of our own wonderful body and mind, you know. And, uh, and that is not possible if uh, we allow ourselves to be constantly 
you know, dominated by our disturbed mind, distracted mind, and stupefied mind, you know. And that's quite often the state of mind we are always accompanied with. So the very first step is to uh, understand how important it is to cultivate a clear, calm, and tranquil mind. Then turn that mind inward and start looking at that wonderful, beautiful, peaceful uh, space within us where the consciousness resides in its full glory and full brilliance, where the consciousness has a genuine acceptance and a genuine love and respect for matter, the body. And therefore, the very first step is to reestablish that loving and respectful relationship between matter and consciousness, which is possible when we first cultivate a clear, calm and tranquil mind. And this is what meditation is all about. We have to find few minutes a day, at least five minutes a day, where we are no longer disturbed and distracted and we are no longer um, you know, fearful and anxious and suffering from you know, insecurity and fear, etc. But rather, we, are, we accept the fact that we are just fine whatever we are and, uh, uh, and re- renew yourself, refresh yourself, rejuvenate yourself. And then uh, as you find yourself relatively rejuvenated, then automatically body's own innate wisdom and mind's own immense power come forward to tell us what is the next step. So the very first step, therefore, is just find time to be, to be relaxed. Mm-hmm. Find time to meditate and uh, reach that space within us where our true self resides in its fullness, in its grace, in its glory. And once you come to know that, then you will have such a great trust and confidence and faith in yourself that it is possible. I'm not really as, you know, miserable uh, and helpless and hopeless person as I have been thinking or as I have been told by others, you know. And as soon as you gain that uh, confidence, then everything, then, then, the, then the wheel begins to uh, rotate by itself. And then after that, things begin to, you know, un, un, unfold by themselves. This is what I will say. Well, first begin with finding five minutes of your time somewhere. And then thereafter, you know, uh, you know, uh, look at how wonderful it is to be, how wonderful it is to experience what you are, and how wonderful it feels to experience that how the body, mind, and consciousness are so in, uh, interconnected, and how in a, such a loving way they are supportive of each other. You know? mm-hmm. And that's what uh, you uh, start with, simple you know, uh, system of relaxation, meditation. And if you find that it is hard, it is quite easy to say, but not so easy to do, then do a little bit breathing, you know, as it is taught in yoga tradition, alternate nostril breathing, where you balance your left and the right side mm-hmm. of the brain, sympathetic mm-hmm. and parasympathetic nervous system, by just applying very, very simple breathing techniques, you know. Mm-hmm. So do a little bit breathing. You know, especially the alternate nostril breathing, relax, and then just simply allow your mind to come back to its home base, that is your own body, and then just watch your breath by using the power of your breath. Just concentrate, however effortlessly, right in the center of your forehead, and just be with yourself. Mm -hmm. And, you know, as you have described it, Panditji, this 
experience of meditation, getting quiet, resting in our spiritual nature. You know, in yoga, my guru has often described it as being restored to our original wholeness, which includes, yeah. you know, all that is, but it's conscious of it. Yeah. And when we have that conscious experience of wholeness, you know, we we naturally, as you are describing, you know, we, we feel all right, and we are freed then from this um, drivenness, you know, this need to consume or objectify others or, or, or nature because we, we feel uh, that we're lacking, we want, we need. Um, so when we have that experience, a regular experience of just being whole and complete you know, right yeah. uh, as we are, then the freedom that, that comes from that um, changes everything, you know, how we relate to ourselves in life. So uh, thank you for that. And we're, we're going to conclude in uh, just a few moments here, and I want to ask you um, a, a big question with just a couple <laughs> of minutes to, to offer, which, which is, you know, how, how do you see this knowledge of yoga now contributing to a spiritually awakened world? You know, <clears throat> Reverend, uh, if once we come to know little bit about ourselves, automatically that, uh, that huge ocean of love and compassion and mutual understanding that is sitting there in us, it will begin to flow and as a result, will become more kind and loving, more compassionate and more forgiving and automatically will become more sensitive to what is happening to those six, seven hundred million people suffering from utter poverty in Africa. What is happening to all those 300 million people in, uh, in India another three four hundred million people in china so list can go on and today in our due to our this dense mind and unkind heart we just let things slide not realizing that sooner or later in this vast interconnected web of life which we call our planet everything comes back to us if there is suffering out there in cambodia or india or let's say latin america that's cloud of suffering sooner or later will uh, uh, you know uh, encircle the entire planet and it will come all the way to us so let us be kind let us be loving let us be forgiving let us pay attention to our mother earth let us pay attention to our climate and so this way our wisdom which is unfolding from the depths of our heart automatically will enlighten us it will enlighten mm-hmm. our surrounding it will enlighten the entire planet then that is when we'll be less dependent on political maneuverings, you know, mm-hmm. where always we are seeking a political solution to such a profound problems, you know, mm-hmm. and which is not possible. How much of, you know, White House can do to, for us, how much, you know, the uh, mighty China or Russia can do to us, ultimately the real solution has to come forth, uh, come forward from the depth of our own heart and mm-hmm. only then will begin to live, will begin to live as a fully grown human beings, you know. Mm, that's such a beautiful description. Thank you so much, Panditji. And as you've described uh, today, you know, just taking the time to let the mind become quiet, um, we begin to be guided from within in the highest way and to manifest uh, such a beautiful um, vision of oneness as you have described. It has been a joy to share this yoga hour with all of you today. And I thank you, um, Pandit. 
to Gunayat for being my guest today. For more information about Himalayan Institute, be sure to visit their website, himalayaninstitute.org. And I will invite you to uh, come back to the Yoga Hour next week for a program, uh, Living Seva, Yoga and the World. And I'll be joined by Nipun Mehta and uh, Dr. Sri Ram Shamasundar. And uh, for information about our meditation retreats in June and July, uh, you can visit csecenter.org, Center for Spiritual Enlightenment website, csecenter.org. Panditji, thank you very much again for being thank with me you, today. Thank you, thank you, Ellen. It is so wonderful to be with you. Thank you, and we'll uh, be back with your, uh, our listeners next week. Until then, remember to let your inner light shine into the world and to share your peace and your joy with all that you meet. Bye. Thank you for tuning in to the Yoga Hour, Living the Eternal Way, with Reverend Ellen Grace O'Brien. Join us every Thursday morning at 10 Central, 8 a.m. Pacific, for practical, purposeful methods for spiritually conscious living every day. The Yoga Hour, Living the Eternal Way, only on Unity FM, the voice of an awakening world. This program is brought to you in part by friends and members of the Center for Spiritual Enlightenment in San Jose, California, a ministry in the tradition of Kriya Yoga, the ancient science of self and God realization www.csecenter.org Request free literature by writing info at csecenter.org Music Speaks Louder Than Words is an inspiring, informative, and fun hour of uplifting, heartfelt music and commentary that delivers a powerful message of love, joy, and oneness. It will keep you smiling and singing along. Your host, Dale Worley, is alive with the Spirit of God each Thursday afternoon at 1 p.m. Pacific, 4 p.m. Eastern, with Music Speaks Louder Than Words. Music, it's the only thing that the whole world listens to. only takes a moment. If you are able to safely turn your attention away from the demands of your activities, quiet your mind and affirm, there is a divine plan at work in my life. I now relax, let go, and let it unfold. Listen attentively, inwardly, without projecting any thoughts about what you think should happen or be experienced. Become as a child. Trusting and receptive to the guidance of spirit within. This meditative moment, adapted from Mary Cupferly's God Will See You Through, is brought to you by Unity. experience the peace and joy promised by A Course in Miracles? Or are you still struggling to truly live your beliefs from moment to moment? Let Rev. Jennifer Hadley help you focus on your intent to be the love. 
Be the peace through practical application by walking your talk. Experience the healing live every Tuesday at 10 a.m. Central on A Course in Miracles, Living the Love, Walking the Talk, only on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Let go of everyday worries and find your calm with positive prayer from Silent Unity, the newest in voice-activated technology, available on any Alexa-enabled device like the Amazon Echo. Each prayer and meditation on positive prayer will help strengthen, guide, and comfort you. To enable it, just say, Alexa, open positive prayer. You can ask for a specific prayer on topics like healing, prosperity, and comfort. Give it a try today. 